Welcome to another edition of the Good Food Fellas. How are you, Gennaro? Roland, I'm dynamite. I'm excited for today. It's the weekend, and we're going to talk to Anna Bocino today about her yeah. new cookbooks. Not just one. she got a couple cookbooks now. There's a couple And now. a third coming soon, so we're going to get into that. Yeah. E-Happy 2 available on Amazon, and E-Happy is available on Amazon as well. Um, Anna, thanks for stopping by. Hey, thanks for having me, you guys. I'm turning you guys up in my ears because I want to hear. I want to oh, hear no, the goodness. Right. Yeah. I like it loud. That must be all the damage. Just the just the damage from <laughs> concerts in the nineties. Just loud. I, I, I gotta I, hear you. I can't I have the worst hearing people call my name. I just they go, Are you ignoring me? I, go, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And if you want to call me, you just say cake and he turns around. Oh, <laughs> oh that's different though. That's oh different. cake. Did someone say cake? Yeah, it's my it's my Mexican gluten gene in me. It's in, it's embedded. <laughs> um, and how do you start the journey with your cookbooks of going uh, gluten free and grain free? I mean, listen. Here's the thing: when you hear, first of all, the word gluten is just like a yucky word, and then you hear gluten free, and you're like, what? Is, oh God, another one of those. No, I started back in 2002 because I was diagnosed with celiac, which is an autoimmune disease, and the only way to man the only prescription for it is to eat a gluten-free diet. And 2002 was 21 years ago. It's like, what? Like there was nothing. And I went to Whole Foods in like Pasadena and I bought a, I, I think it was literally $17, a bag of cookies that were gluten-free. And I took a bite of these cookie, cookies that I just spent like, you know, half my earnings on. This, again, keep in mind, this is $2,002. $17 was a lot of money back then. It's a stupid money now for cookies. Um, but I was like, I need cookies. I was, you know, having the temper tantrum that I say people go through when they find out they have a food allergy. So I eat, eat this cookie and I literally threw the bag across the room like a snake had bit me. Like I was so upset how gross these cookies were. <laughs> and I was like, this is it. This is what we're doing. And I just at that moment decided to go down the rabbit hole and start, you know, I like to cook. I was always, a, I worked for catering companies as day job as an actor. You know, I always had that ability. So I was like, I'm going to figure this out because I want people to be able to come to my house and be able to eat the food and not know it's gluten-free. Like I, I hate when people say, well, it's good for gluten-free. And you're like, all right, <laughs> that means it's not good. Let's be honest. So that kind of started the journey. And then 10 years ago, I started podcasting with Vinnie Tordrich whose focus is low carb. And I cut out for the most part, not all the time, for the most part, cutting out sugars and grains. So that's where the Eat Happy Cookbooks came from because my mindset wound up shifting after I kind of got the real processed stuff out of my diet. I still splurge. I'm still a normal human. I eat the things. I had corn chips at the Mexican restaurant the other night. Boy, oh boy, I woke up with my hands swollen like to the size of dinner plates. I was like, oh my God. Mm -hmm. What's happening? But it was so, worth it, though. <laughs> yeah, it works totally. That's the chips and salsa. In the moment, <laughs> in the, in the moment, the next day didn't feel like that. But that, but, but it was a reminder of the way I kind of cut that stuff out. So it's kind of been a, a long process. And then what happened was that the cookbooks did so well. I launched the sauces, and I a guy called me and he says, I lost 80 pounds cooking out of your books and I'm a food manufacturer. So let's figure out how to scale these. And I had to like tell myself like, well, doesn't everybody make their gravy from scratch every time they make it? And he's like, no, they don't. And I was like, all right, if you say so. <laughs> Turns out they do enjoy. And so, you know, and I wanted it to taste like I snuck in your kitchen and cooked it for you. So it's, it's gotta be high quality, you know, and it, it's, 
you know, it took a while for us. It took about a year and a half for us to scale everything up. And now we have five SKUs of the pasta sauce. And trust me, I appreciate the irony of being somebody who doesn't even regularly eat pasta who's selling pasta sauce, (laughs) but, and then three spice blends. And then now the third book's coming out, excuse me. And we're doing dressings because I I look around on the store shelves and I see what I'm missing. And one thing I'm missing are dressings that have real extra virgin olive oil. I'm missing seeing sauces that have no sugar and no fillers. I just saw a sauce. I was not home goods or what's it called world market. I was at a world market and uh, just killing time. And I looked at their pasta sauce section. They had this beautiful one from Italy. And I turn around, I look at the ingredients. It's made with sunflower oil. I was like, oh, they're keeping the olive oil ones to themselves. And they're sending us the sunflower oil. We don't want that. Mm. You know, yeah. anyway, I, I digress. <laughs> but that was basically the, the origin story. And it's funny, uh, on the East Coast, um, speaking of actors and uh, celiac disease, Jennifer Esposito had a store in the East Village called Jen's Way. I don't know if you know about it. I didn't know about that. So my daughter lives in New York. I'm in New York all the time. I what is it not there anymore? Did it close or is no? It still she open? got yeah. Her partners, which you know, partners are only good for sex and dancing, and that's about <laughs> it. Uh, screwed her over, oh, and no. so basically, she lost the uh, she lost the name. But she, re- you remind me of her because she was like the first in New York to really explain what celiac disease is because a lot of people just think it's bullshit. Oh yeah. That your voice now, modern voice about what this is and how you can treat yourself through food. And like you said, once in a while cheat, but most of the time eat clean. It's important. I always eat clean with the gluten stuff because I don't want to tempt fate there. You know, I, I will say this, what New Yorkers and I'm from the East coast, I'm from DC. So the East coasters tend to be a little more like, curious and forgiving and accepting of folks with, I call it food allergies, even though it's an autoimmune disease, but just as a catch-all phrase. Whereas in California, you know, there's so much, and I've been in California now for 20 years. So there's so much of eye rolling and like, I'm doing gluten-free to lose weight. And I'm like, that's not how it works. I was as thin as a rail when I was gluten-free. When I started eating gluten, my body healed. I put on weight for the first time in my life. Like you don't know how your body's going to react to that. So it's not a fad. It's not like a weight loss tool or tip. It's, It's just about trying to get healthy, like you said, using food as medicine. But ultimately, the food's got to taste good. Like for me, I'm Italian. That's the first thing. It's got to taste good. I'll avoid it if I know it's going to kill me and it's got the gluten. I get it. I, I know how to do that. I don't have like an emotional reaction now when other people are eating. When, when we're at the, whatever your p- favorite pizza place is, <laughs> I'm I'm okay with like smelling it and hanging out with you and talking to you about it. I'm totally okay with that. But I, I just, when I'm eating something gluten-free, it's got to be good. By the way, Ruby Rosa pizza on 10th Street is great gluten-free pizza. And they're and they're Neapolitan, those guys who who do that pizza over there. Their family's so great there at Ruby Rosa. Oh, they're so nice, right? Mm-hmm. At the Mulberry Street, Mulberry Street, in Little Italy. They do they do a gluten free? I haven't tried their gluten free though. Yeah, Ruby Rosa. They're they're in uh, uh they're in the center of uh, Little Italy in Mulberry Street. Oh, they are in Mulberry. Oh, I'm sorry, I thought you meant Mulberry, Mulberry Street. Street. Okay, they're yeah, on yeah. Mulberry Street as well as on 10th them. Street. He was actually there recently, so he could talk about that. He loves them. Oh yeah, I, I go there a lot. I, I have gluten. I have everything across the board. <laughs> yeah, you eat all the things. <clears throat> but that's what I like about these places that will serve people across the spectrum. Then everyone's happy and you don't. I hate sitting in the restaurant and trying to explain it. Like, I'm pretty good at navigating a menu now. I just, I'll get the steak or the chicken and 
you know what I mean? And, and avoid it. But if I can get a pizza, I'm going to get it. That tastes good. I'm going to get it. Anna, do you like cauliflower pizza with the flour that's made you know, through that? So I first wrote my first low carb pizza crust in my first book. And then people, oh, I know what it is. This is my big trigger when a, a mom or a dad writes me and says, I have a kid that has an allergy. So that that crust is an almond flavor, fla- almond flour based crust. And they said, my kid has a nut allergy. And so I invented a cauliflower crust. Now, this is before they were packaging cauliflower crusts. This is like 2015. My book came out 2016, you know? And so uh, this is before they were packaging and selling the cauliflower and all, all the, you know, Fresh Brothers and all the chains and Blaze having their own cauliflower crust. Even Trader Joe's has one, I think. We call it um, So what's that? We call it TJ's here. Oh, TJ's. <laughs> Apologies. <laughs> um, so French. So French. TJ. Um, so yeah, so I made this cauliflower crust recipe and cauliflower is very difficult to work with. You have to press all the water out of it. Right. But once you, and it smells like farts when you cook it because you're cooking a cruciferous vegetable, let's be honest. And that's the biggest complaints. People like, well, it smells like a fart. I'm like, okay, you asked, (laughs) you know what I mean? You asked for this recipe. I gave it to you when the finished product is great. So I think for things to be available on a wide scale, now knowing what I know about food manufacturing, whenever I turn over the ingredients on a prepackaged store-bought or Blaze pizza or whatever it is, you ha- you will see things like um, brown rice, potato starch, tapioca starch, because you do need something to bind it together. When you're making it at home, you can use an egg or you can use... Um, uh, uh, you know, you can press it and cook it within an inch of its life. And it works It for, for a thin crust pizza. It does work. It's labor intensive. People don't want to do it. So that's why they buy the pre-made, but then you're getting the processed aspect to it. So I like it. It's a pain in the ass to make, um, but cauliflower does have a lot of applications. And as we know, cauliflower has had quite a moment recently. And I'm, you know, I make cauliflower tots, cauliflower and yaki, which are the same thing. And, you know, you can, you can use it for all kinds of things, but it's, it takes a little bit of dedication. You have yeah. to really want it. I do enjoy the chicken parm, but they make it as a pizza. That's delicious. Oh, I never even thought about, it. I was making these chicken parm sammies where I make, have you heard of the chaffle? No. Okay. This is ridiculous. So I have four different low carb pizza crust recipes and I leave them all up for free on my website. They are in the books, but I also put them up because I'm like, pizza is important and we need to know like, because that's the first thing that people say to me is I can't give up pizza. if I'm giving up carbs. I'm like, I know, I know. (laughs) So the chaffle is basically a cheese waffle and it's basically cheese and either pork rinds or almond flour, some sort of binder and an egg and you press it in the mini waffle maker and it turns into a, a savory waffle it's stupid and wow. it's so it's just it's just cheese let's be honest it's just cheese yeah. cooked cheese but so i've been making a, a low carb chicken parm because chicken parm by the way is one of the easiest things to make at home i think people forget that it's so easy to make at home because you always think like i have to go to a restaurant i could never figure out how to make this at home and for me I, you'll never find a gluten-free chicken parm out at a restaurant unless you're at um What's it called? That one that's uh, Sensa Glutina uh, down in the village. Like that's the only place that does a gluten-free parm. And so mm-hmm. I'm, I, I make it at home all the time. It's super easy. I have that video up all, you know, but so then I've been making it with the chaffle as like a chicken parm Sammy. Oh my God. I want one right now. Good morning. Mm-hmm. I'm hungry. <laughs> How do you push cream recipes are both delicious, but yet health conscious. How do you make it like the, the flavor? Like How do you make it balance? I do a lot of recipe testing. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I don't, I don't, that's one of the secrets that I found out when I was writing my first book about the number of recipes that are thrown together and put up either on blogs or put some really famous names that you would be shocked. Um, I'm lucky to know a lot of food producers of television shows, stylists, people like that, who are the, you know, the, the basically the people who are behind the people who make it all happen. And I found out that recipes are not tested. That combined with, um, I had a meeting with a book agent before my first book came out. And even though I had the podcast and I'd been on television before, she said to me, you're not a chef and you're not a celebrity. No one's going to buy your book. And I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> thanks for the vote of encouragement. <laughs> and um, but I but what it did say to me is let's make sure that every single recipe that you put out there is good and in that it works. And so I've been really rigorous about recipe testing before ever publishing a recipe. I do not publish duds. If it's a dud, I take the time to fix it or just trash it. Like I'm not going to ever put something out there just for filler, just so I can have something this week to post on the blog or whatever, or just so I can have filler in the cookbook. Because, And that's the feedback that I get a lot is, oh my God, every single recipe I've made, because I have in the books that exist now over 320 recipes. That's a lot of recipes, plus another hundred on my sub stack, plus another hundred on my website, plus another hundred coming out in this next book. Like it has to work. So that kind of is, is a quality control issue with me. And it's all because that lady was completely insulting, <laughs> but it, you know, there's a positive um, ending for that. So cooking stuff that tastes good. And then there's also too just the number one rule of make sure you're seasoning as you go along. Don't forget to season, constantly season. Anna, you mentioned it before. So AnnaVicino.com, yes. it is slick. It is packed. It looks like it takes a lot of work to put it all together because it's colorful. It's informative. And also all the links like to your YouTube and the free recipes. How much work is that? Well, I have a guy who does that stuff who's luckily able to tr translate my ramblings of, um. you know what I want it to look like? I want it, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Anybody who's, I'm not a, I love taking food pictures. So all the pictures are mine. I take all those pictures. But other than that, I have zero graphics or visual skills whatsoever. My skill is my voice and my ability to write a recipe and take a picture of it. But uh, yes, that's where know what you're good at and then know what you're bad at and find a guy or a gal who can support you in that. Especially if you're in the food world, you cannot do everything. You cannot you just cannot do everything. And I have somebody who helps me, you know, schedule out the, the social posts because now we have so many assets. We have so many recipes, so much activity. I can't wait to publish, you know, this interview, pr promote this interview on my socials, you know, all that stuff that comes along with it. You cannot do it all. So if you're listening and you're in the food industry and in any capability, also too, a lot of us who work in the food industry have crazy hours. You can't do it all. So you, you're going to have to outsource and you're going to have to throw some bucks towards somebody who's really good. Not overspend, but I, I'm a firm believer in outsourcing what you can't do. Yeah, we have great points. That's what we have. We're lucky to have Paul. So Yay, yes. Paul. Yeah, also, he saw the Barbie Paul's blushing movie. right now, but we can't see him. Paul saw the Barbie movie. It really touched um, Ken's story. He cried. Paul is Knuff. <laughs> yeah. <I know. laughs> Just Knuff. Because <laughs> yeah. um, uh, I started doing the carnivore diet, and uh, your book is easier to maintain after that for the keto recipes, which is great. Oh, yeah. That's true. Once you've gone carnivore, then you're like, oh, my God, I can have a veg. 
the times I've done carnivore, which I've done is like a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, it, boy, oh boy, the thing that and I would thought I would never say it. like I could never go back and tell my 25 year old self this sentence. I never craved a salad so much as when I did the carnivore diet for two weeks mm-hmm. or a month. Yeah, he, my twenty-five-year-old self would be like, "Bitch, you better get it together." Because I was like, "No, I really wanted a salad." No, my problem, twenty-five-year-old <laughs> self, to my mouth. <laughs> my twenty-five-year-old self goes, "You go, man." I go, "Okay, I'm still going." <laughs> I kind of need too many vegetables, unfortunately. But uh, between the, your books and that, is helping me trans, trans, getting away from the carnivore diet to maintain a balanced life. That's great. Yeah, which is which is nice. Listen, the carnivore diet is is becoming more and more helpful for a lot of people who have cleaning up gut issues or if you're like plateauing, doing keto, maybe you're over emphasizing dairy or or nuts. Like a lot of people, a lot of us who have addictive food personalities, myself included, we, we won't have like, just like, I'm going to have seven almonds. Like we don't do that. Like we're going to eat the entire bag of almonds. And essentially the carnivore diet gives you some parameters and then if you're not putting the offending things in your body, your body generally has a chance to heal. But then you've got to reintroduce and you have to address the emotional component that's going on, you know, with why you want to eat everything in sight. Of course, like it's and I always say to people, too, I'm like, you might find some things get unearthed or you need to go to therapy and it's all good. But it's it's not going to be just like, well, you white knuckling and like, well, I'm just not going to have almonds today. And then I'll lose the weight and then I'm going to achieve my final form. Like it just doesn't work that way. It's we're constantly evolving. We're constantly figuring it out. And that's why I like to give a wide variety of recipes. I don't know where people are. I give a lot of meat recipes and you could just focus on those if you're carnivore. You know, there's some thing like I have bacon wrapped dates and the keto community loses their minds. They're so pissed off that I have bacon wrapped dates. <laughs> and I'm like, I got to give a variety. People are in different places in their lives. And the, the, important thing to me is that there's something to select that's good that you feel like you can eat and you feel proud of yourself that you made it. I, I get a lot of people back in the kitchen who, or people in the kitchen who've never cooked anything. Do you know how amazing that is? Like get in the kitchen and make stuff. People are scared. They're afraid of raw meat. What do I do with this? You know, people write me all the time. I was terrified of a whole chicken. I've never roasted a chicken. I'm like, never roasted a chicken get in there. Roasted chicken is like one of the ultimate comfort foods. We got to do this. America, yeah. roast a chicken. You'll be so happy you did not get that $4 Costco rotisserie chicken that you made a roasted chicken yourself. You're going to die. It's so good. Actually, you're going to live. I don't. I shouldn't say die. Yeah. <laughs> well, also, also, when you get therapist, my therapist is at Krispy Kreme, by the way. <laughs> 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 non gluten free. It's Joe. It's Joe from Krispy Kreme. I just go talk to him when I place I my do, order. I do. He doesn't want to talk to me, but I still talk to him. And yeah, exactly. And it's fault. It's no less money. He's goes no food waste. I go okay. I'll eat all the donuts. <laughs> Fine. Well, he makes me. I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> and the one thing I found funny is that you're Southern American Italian. So those two things, when you look oh at my God, you know, you know, South of America, you know, South American. Which not South American, but you know, United Southern States. American, yeah, 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 Southern American, yeah. So basically, most when I went down, it was mostly beans and seafood and beautiful vegetables. But people like think about like all these gravies and all like the the proteins, biscuits also, and gravies, of, fried yes. proteins, yeah, red velvet I mean, cake, side, key lime pie, you name ooh, it. Keep going, keep going. I know. Uh, <laughs> and then on the Italian side, right? If you don't add butter and cheese, most of the stuff is vegan or vegetarian. Yeah. So what's your view on that where you kind of like 
you put both of those two beautiful things together, those beautiful parts. Well, here's the thing. I grew up in a household where those were all my comfort food favorites. Plus, I grew up in a household with a single mom who was always working. So I had to figure out how to make things. That was kind of part of my culinary start. And she, my mom wound up going back to seminary and becoming a minister. And so I was only as a little kid, I mean, I would steal all the TV, but, but when she was around, I could only watch PBS <laughs> or like, like silver spoons and different strokes. Like that one hour of TV was very important to me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And so, so I would only be allowed to watch PBS and that was Julia Child and the Frugal Gourmet. And I know we've found out terrible shit about the Frugal Gourmet now, but back then I was like, this guy's cooking food. Julia Child is cooking food. And it just made me salivate. And I would go open our fridge and, you know, a me- it would be a meager selection based on my mom's single mom income. And it it was hard. And I was like, well, I'm going to figure out how to make something gourmet with some steakums. <laughs> like, and I would, you know, I just wanted to always do that. Um, wait, crap. Now I forgot your question. I ran. I uh, went off. Um, well, you're going to be doing a new, new book. Italian, right? The new book's going to be Italian. So yes. Oh, how yes. Do you, you know, yes. how do you turn that around? Like, the misconception that all That's the time. Right. Just- well, here's the thing. We, I mean, without getting too much into the weeds, f- food being fattening is like, I, I, I personally am tired of being on a diet or off a diet. Like you're either on the wagon or you're off the, or you're off the rails or whatever the phrase is that we use. Like we're on a bender or we're like, and I'm talking about food specifically. Of course, this could apply to alcohol or drugs or shopping or gambling or sex or whatever. I'm specifically talking about food. Um, I, I think that like, I wish that we could just for the most part eat food that's good for us and nourishes us and tastes really good and then stop eating when we're full and then eat again when we're hungry. And, and I'm not trying to like take away different, like, mm, how do I put this without, I I don't want to sound like a crazy lunatic because people really are very divisive and ideological about their foods. I personally am a meat eater. I love to eat meat. For me, meat is not healthy. It's nourishing. Somebody else who's plant-based, great for them being plant-based is healthy and nourishing. I do not have judgments on it. The only thing I'm trying to offer are for people who are trying to cut out processed sugars and grains, some things that they can cook. That being said, um, I do know that there will be kickback from the mainstream community that like, why would you put out an Italian food cookbook and zero pasta recipes? Now, there are pasta recipes, but they're in the form, you know, you got the zucchini noodles, the spaghetti squash, I make the low-carb um, manicotti shells, you know, there it's good. It's delicious. Everything's really great. But I know that some people are going to have a hard time without, like I make a panzanella with a low carb, uh, bread, right? Like croutons. That's going to like blow some people's minds. They're not the target audience for the book. And that has to be okay. Now, when I sample, by the way, I have my new, um, I finally got a hold of my, uh, spicy arabiata sauce. Um, nice cover. <laughs> thank you. Um, when I, I'm sampling sauces at grocery store every weekend. I'm in the grocery stores sampling sauces and getting people to try it because how do you know there's a wall of pasta sauces? How do you know what to try? Right. I'm not stupid. I'm cutting up bread and I'm putting it out for people to sample. And let's say 50 people walk by me and take a sample. There's only ever one per demo who says, oh, I'm gluten free or oh, I don't do carbs. The, the, the low carb people are a very narrow <laughs> sector of the world. And I'm here for you, but I'm also here for other people. So that so 
that being said, I want all of my recipes that when you make them, they appeal to everybody in the household. Like there's no sense. I was that mom who made three different dinners. So that's why I want things to appeal to everybody. And I'm a realist. Like I know that like the Italian cookbook is going to come out. People are going to make those recipes for their friends and family who do eat pasta. And I want them to be able to enjoy them and not be like, what's what? Where's the pasta? That should not be a question that you ask when you eat one of my recipes. And have you tried any like imported Italian pastas that are gluten free because they're like, oh yeah, they're like the real deal. Can I tell you? I just got back from Italy. My daughter lived there for this past year. Which, by the way, these kids. She's like, she's a painter. She just she graduated college two years ago, and she applied for a uh, painting residency in Rome. Got awarded it. They put her up in Rome for a year. And gave her a stipend and 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 to pay her to paint. And I was like, kiddo, you don't even know like what an opportunity. <laughs> like she was too young to really fully appreciate it. You know what I mean? Like you need to get out there and struggle a little bit and then understand. <laughs> but what it was great. <laughs> the dream, living the dream. She yeah. is also gluten free. She has a, a autoimmune disease called Hashimoto's, and she it controls it by remaining gluten free. Like she she and in Italy, she ate the gluten no problem. Had no problem eating stuff there now back she's back in new york and she's back off the gluten so that's anecdotal i'm not saying that somebody should or should not eat gluten you have to decide for yourself you're an adult but um in italy the attitude there is so beautiful the italians are like well you wouldn't pretend to have a food allergy they they go we showed up at this restaurant this michelin starred restaurant for lunch or michelin rated they weren't starred rated in siena and we sat down and I said, hey, I have to be gluten free because if you tell them that they tell you right away what you can eat, what you can't. They're so aware of it. Every kid in Italy is tested for celiac by age six. Like they have such an awareness of celiac there. And I sat down and said that and I'll have the, you know, the little quail eggs and I'll have the rabbit thing. Great. Perfect. And so then they, they just come out with this beautiful giant roll of gluten. And they're like, chef made this gluten free from scratch for you. And I was like. I love you people. And I sat there and I ate it and I did not, you know what I mean? Like their gluten-free stuff is incredible. Okay. Another time we are in this town in the middle of nowhere. um, And we're at a restaurant called La La Pozze and uh, a a trattoria in Sant'Angelo. And it was a tiny town in a tiny restaurant. We were there for lunch. And then there was this big table who was also there for lunch. This is April 1st of this year. And the restaurant was kind of a buzz. And I was like, well, that's weird. They just have the big table and then us. But anyway, they bring out this boar stew. They bring out uh, gluten-free. They foraged the asparagus that day and brought me gluten-free asparagus pasta. They they brought out this beautiful ricotta clouds. These Like everything was incredible. And then the, the guy comes over and he was like, this is an exciting day. Oh, I know. No, first what happened was this lady walks by and my husband goes, that's Ariana Huffington. And I was like, no, it's not. What's Ariana Huffington doing here in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> and then that's what we called the waiter over. And because then she walked by and I was like, oh my God, you're right. It is Ariana Huffington. And we called the waiter. We're like, what's going on? And they, he said, oh, it's Danny Meyer. And he's having a dinner for, tw- I know, for 20 people in there. I was like, oh my God. I had no idea. If I had known that, I would have gone up and tackled Danny Meyer and they were getting up to leave and I didn't want to do that. But I was like, this is what I'm talking about with Italians, their love of food. You'll be in the middle of nowhere in a trattoria and it's Danny Meyer's favorite restaurant in Tuscany. And you don't even know it because you're like, these people care so much about what they're feeding you and that you specifically 
have a gorgeous experience. And I love it. Well, Gennaro's horoscope sign is gluten. So just throwing that out. <laughs> <laughs> He's Italian. <laughs> it's the sign of the devil or the sign of gluten? I don't know. I don't know. Gennaro, the same like, for some people, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is the recipe that someone, if they ha- when they have your cookbook, should start cooking right off the bat to start easing the way into it? I mean, the chicken parm is always a good one. That's it's just, just because it's chicken parm is like, come on, isn't that everyone's favorite? Mm-hmm. It's so good. Um, then you realize you could make it, and you're like, oh, that wasn't that hard. I was scared. I might undercook the chicken or I might overcook the chicken. And then you realize, like, oh, I can do it. I can bread the chicken. I can fry it in a pan. Or veal. Um, plus it, mm. Or veal. Or a veal. Yes. Maybe um, cows make me hungry. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I want that printed on your tombstone. Baby well, cows make me hungry. <laughs> I, I tell people, I go, That's I your go epitaph. To, I go to the zoo for recipe inspiration. <laughs> That's how I do it. I don't give a shit if people go, I hate me. I go, I'm looking at this animal. With a raspberry sauce. Yeah, with a yeah, with a coulis. Oh yes. I don't care. Like whatever, I'm hungry. I'll eat you. I love it. <laughs> um, the there's a recipe that's also very simple. I, I always feel like uh chicken is a good gateway protein because it doesn't have the hang up about it being, you know, higher in fat or difficult to work with or whatever. So um there's a chicken with uh, cherry tomato, spinach, and artichoke. It's almost like a Tuscan chicken style recipe. It's very creamy. It's that's a crowd pleaser. And I'm not kidding when I tell you a number of people have tweeted me saying they got laid when they made that for date night. So <laughs> well, I'll be cooking this weekend. Watch out! Watch out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Look out! Roland's coming out. <laughs> Roland's coming out with the chicken and cherry tomato artichoke. He's got yeah, from palm to bread. From palm to bread, right? <laughs> Oh, I know. Um, <laughs> speaking of feedback, right? How is it that um, with social media, because you're so big on social media and connecting with people, the feedback you get, the questions you get, does that keep you very busy? Yes, it does. And I try to answer everyone's question. Um, I mean, unless you're being an a-hole, you know, <laughs> I, 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 t- I try not to give air to a-holes, although sometimes those a-hole questions are able to provide me an opportunity to lend clarity and also mock you on the internet. So, <laughs> but you know, I, I think there was one guy, this was, this was the worst guy was the guy who was talking about how his mom prayed away her celiac. And I was like, no, sorry, pray all you want. I love prayer. That's wonderful. Have a God, don't have a God, but you're not praying it away. You're not curing any disease. Sorry. Um. Anyway. So like that kind of a thing I got into, I got into a little bit of a kerfuffle with and, um, and by the way, again, may I remind you, my mother was a United Methodist minister and I was very much involved with the church. I have my I have my spirituality, but the best way to um, handle celiac is to give up gluten along with your prayers to pray and also give up gluten taking action. Generally, we're in a physical universe. Um, no, I, I liked responding to people. I like getting ideas from people. Um I did early on. People would say like, hey, if you ever need a recipe tester, I would get those emails all the time. And then I assembled a group of um, emails and I learned that people don't actually want to test recipes. So <laughs> I just tested myself. You know what I mean? You write and be like, Hey, you said you wanted to test recipes. Here's three recipes and nobody would ever get back to me. I was like, oh, okay, I get it. I get it. 
but that's okay. Um, I, I find that when I'm testing recipes and then I put one up that I love, because I try to post a new recipe a week ish, you know, and I have a sub stack where I put all the new stuff. So I, when I post a new recipe, you know, you get instant feedback. There are people who are just waiting for the new recipe and to make it. And I love that. Like if it speaks to them and they're going to make it that week that I will get feedback within 24 hours. And it's incredible that we have this rapid sort of way of, of doing it. But I try not to get too much into the weeds about food philosophy and ideology and the science and why and Mm-hmm. there's plenty of smart people like scientists and researchers who do all that. I'm not that smart. I just, I just know food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're like, stay out of it. Yep. Well, I also okay. don't want people to feel judged, like to eat what you want to eat. You're a grown up. You get to pick. I'm not, I don't care. And if I'm not for you, that's okay too. That's the other thing with the internet. You're always like, you can just scroll. Like that's a cool thing. It's a feature that we have where you can just take your index finger and you just keep, Keep going. If you don't like it, you don't have to give your <laughs> your inner <Yeah>. dialogue. <laughs> I, I would say Vinny Tortorich was the pre-David Pornoy early. Because when someone says, I don't like this, he goes, fuck you. <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, hey, that's a big compliment. I'm going to tell Vinny that you said that. Yeah, because I can remember he's the before. pre-David Portnoy. He's he'll be like, "Damn it, I wanted to be Dave Portnoy." Yeah. I remember someone goes, "Sugar is good for you." He goes, "No, it's not." Yes, it is. Fuck you. I'm like, oh, I love that. <laughs> right to the point. <laughs> Thank you, Vinny. Uh-huh. Thanks, Vin. Thanks for uh-huh. ruining sugar for all of us, Vinny. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I told the sugar's not bad for you. He goes, "Look in the mirror." I go, oh, damn, he's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right, Vinny. Yeah, I, mean, I can't. I can't argue that point. <laughs> Yeah, he, Vinny but, strikes uh, again. Oh yeah, it hurts, but then you're like, ah, he's right, he's right. <laughs> well, but, here's what I always say too about stuff like that. Like if you're if you think that you might be consuming too much sugar or processed foods, try to give it up for 24 hours and see how you react. Because you'll know, you'll know when you're like, I'm Jonesing, I gotta uh, have it. So <laughs> it's just your body's very quick to tell, give you feedback. Yeah, it's for sure. I, I want to thank you for making the time. I know it's early over there. It's e healthy. E healthy two is available now. Eat happy. Oh, eat happy. Sorry. He's got sugar on the brain now. Yeah, Janara yes. Text. No, is he happy? <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry Rowan. You think yeah, about Vinny too much. Yeah, e happy. E happy two available on Amazon, and I love your YouTube channel as well. Janara and I were talking thank about you. it. How amazing! Oh yes, yeah, it's, it's crisp. It's good. Thank you. And you guys, you guys are too kind. I appreciate anything. it. Oh, what's Thank your you. uh, Instagram? Is this still- my name, Anna Vicino. Anna Vicino. Yeah. Well, thank- well, we'd love to have you anytime back again. Thank you so much for having me. You guys are an absolute joy. Yes. Yeah. We're going to talk Italian next time. Yes. <laughs> when the book Let comes out, can we talk about yeah. that? That'd be awesome. Yeah, when's it coming out, by the way? You guys. About. About. <laughs> October. October 20. No, September. 2024. I finished writing it in January. It takes so long for traditional publishing. Yep. I should not be. I'm not saying anything bad about my publisher because they're great. That's just what it is. And I self-published my first two. And mm. what like a year and a year and nine months from the time I turned in my draft. Anyway, it's like wow. having two babies. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to. I'm 50. I'm going to go have two babies just to prove a point. you're awesome thanks guys